With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Here with the... 79th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are in a 1-3 sunken place after dropping this game 37-36 to the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. Certainly the defense didn't play that well, but that was expected with all of the injuries and the changes. But the offense had a chance to wrap up the game and could not do it. This is the unit that has to carry this team forward. We mentioned that to Matt Ryan. He said he didn't see it that way, but it played out exactly that way Sunday against the Bengals. They had a block punt, couldn't get in there and score, had to settle for a field goal. That was costly. Driving down to put the game away. They didn't do it, had to settle for a field goal. That was costly. Now you got the defense out there trying to hold the Bengals in the final minutes and time again this season. They haven't been able to do it. They blew their third fourth quarter lead and, uh, you know, was kind of not to be expected, but it's been tough for this unit here, especially with the injuries, to put their foot down when they need it. The offense should have handled this business yesterday and did not do it therefore matt ryan became the first quarterback to lose back-to-back games when he passes for 350 yards and three touchdowns and uh zero interceptions what i think here in this game they couldn't get the running game going uh they ran behind jake matthews six times for 25 yards Behind left guard, Wes Schweitzer, two times for five. Behind right guard, Brandon Fusco, three times for 14 yards. And then three times for seven yards behind Ryan Schrader. One of the fun stats here was Julio Jones got going at 19 miles, 19.72 miles per hour on one of his plays. That was the fastest uh, play and explosive play of the game for the Falcons. Let's hear from Ryan Schrader. Point, you know, it's the first quarter. Uh, you know, we got to reset and go in the second quarter. 
with a uh, with a better mindset, and, and uh, I think guys, I think we'll be better. So. And how do y'all try to make sure nobody gets frustrated, doesn't go off the rails? You know, y'all had all the injuries. I mean, you got people can, you know, it's a lot been going on in the mm-hmm. quarter. Uh, you just, I mean, it just, you know, it starts from the top. You know, the coaches, they're real good about, um, you know, keeping us focused and. And, uh, you know, a lot of our guys are experienced. You know, we've been through tough times, and, and you just got to keep, keep going. All right, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate yeah. it. Right. That was Ryan Schrader, starting right tackle for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, believe that they just got to reset and move into the next quarter of the season. Uh, he thinks the coaches are doing a good job of keeping the team together. Uh, keep the frustration from setting in and making sure this season doesn't go off the rails here early. They've certainly had a lot to deal with and a lot to move on from this early in the 2018 season. Now, defensively against the Bengals, uh, DeMonte Casey and Desmond Trufant led the team with seven tackles each. Devondre Campbell, Brian Poole, and Duke Riley added five tackles and, uh, you know, some of the defenders need to stand up and uh, be heard in the locker room. Uh, Brian Poole's one that's been uh, running from one reporter. Uh, we'd like to see him as he's taking on more role in the defense, uh, stand up and uh, address the situation. Now, he was in on the uh, final play of the game. He could tell us some insight on that, but it looked pretty clear like the rookie, Isaiah Oliver, didn't get deep enough and was passing him off and, and worrying about the flat when the flat wasn't going to beat you. You need to worry about the corner there, uh, and he didn't do it. He had just made a wonderful play, the play before, but uh, the rookie will learn from that and, uh, you know, it was costly. Pass rush, one-man wrecking crew on the pass rush. Tack McKinley with three sacks and uh, three quarterback hits. Deidrens had not had the other quarterback hit. Uh, you know, Tax got five sacks through four games. That's a pace for 20. He's certainly uh, been stout. They moved him around, got him some good matchups, and he took advantage of him. He helped him get off the field three times on third down. Special teams. The special teams tried to help out here. Had a block punt by Keith Tandy. Uh, you know, the Falcons didn't capitalize on it. Just got a field goal out of it. Uh, Matt Bryan banged a 55-yard field goal. And, uh, you know, um, that certainly was helpful. And the uh, Marvin Hall opened the game with a 53-yard kickoff return. So the special teams helped out here. Uh, the defense did. You know, about what they were going to do. And the offense uh, kind of let the team down here, not scoring. Uh, you know, you knew it was going to be a shootout. And you you, you got to get that last touchdown in there to wrap that game up. And they didn't do it. Put the defense back out on the field with four-plus uh, to go. And they couldn't hold on there. So, um, you know, that's a uh, – you know, this team was built to score points. And it didn't score them when it needed them. Yesterday against the Bengals, and the defense is just scrambling over there trying to figure out uh, how to get it off the field again, you know, moving folks around, playing zone, playing man. Uh, they were trying a little bit of everything over there. Didn't work out yesterday. Now, moving forward, Falcons 1-3 and three are headed up to Pittsburgh to play the 1-2-1 one, one Steelers who are coming off a 20 uh 
6-14 loss to the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. Certainly, uh, you know some of the names. Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, running back James Conner, trying to fill in for Le'Veon Bell. Not going too well. But, hey, they didn't want to pay him the money. They're doing the hard line contract thing and paying the price. So, Steelers also went 2 of 12 on third down. Ben Roethlisberger was 27 of 47 for 273. Only 50 yards in the second half. Steelers are going sideways. Two teams that were possible Super Bowl contenders are not out of the gate in the first quarter of the season. Real clean at all. Falcons reeling on defense. Um, not not handling all of their business on offense. Uh, one and three. Steelers one, two, and one. They tied the Browns 21-21, beat Carolina, lost to the Chiefs and the Ravens. And uh, Coach Mike Tomlin and his crew are also reeling up there in the NFC North. The Falcons are in last place in the NFC South. This will be the 17th meeting with the Steelers, who hold a 13-2-1 advantage over the Falcons. The Falcons have never won in Pittsburgh. That's correct. They're 0-6-1. 0-6-1 in Pittsburgh. Uh, their only victories over Pittsburgh were in 1970. That had to be old Fulton County Stadium, 27-16. And 41-38, no six at home. They did tie them up in Pittsburgh in 2002 when Michael Vick scored a late touchdown on November the 10th, 2002 to uh, send that one in overtime, uh, but nobody could do anything. And that's all the Falcons got to show for seven trips to Pittsburgh is a, a tie, a tie back in 2002. So, yeah, there we have it. Um, Falcons are, you know, got to dig out of the um, – the, the basement in the NFC South, you know, the uh, Saints have all, are off to a good start at 3-1. and one. Tampa dropped to 2-2. Two and two. And the uh, Carolina Panthers were off yet last week or this week with uh, with a bye, and they're 2-1. and one. So, you know, the Saints got a two-game lead. The good thing is that there's 12 games to play. A lot of time to, to make up some ground here in the NFC, but uh, needs to start in Pittsburgh. Then the Falcons come home to Tampa Bay, and uh, then uh, Monday night tilt with the New York football Giants. Then a bye week. The bye week being seventh week is going to be pretty good for the Falcons. They could somehow get on a roll here and get to four and three by the bye. I'm sure they'd be they take that. Uh, and uh, run away and uh, have a party with that. But uh, the Pittsburgh won. They never won up there. Uh, both teams are scratching and clawing to find something to come up with a W, so that's going to be a, a good matchup. And Tampa Bay is, uh, you know, they, they rode out the magic carpet ride with Fitzmagic. Jameis Winston came back. Of course, his first play was an interception, so, uh, you know, that the, the – the, the Bucks laid an egg up there, 48-10 to 10 against the Chicago Bears. And uh, Coach Carter was not real happy about that. Dirk said, hey, everybody should have been fired for that performance on the field. So the Bucks might be in a little disarray. Might be a good time to get them here in two weeks. And then the Giants, the Saints pummeled them. Uh, they're having trouble 
getting their offense on track. They're juggling that line. Oh, man, that line looked awful against the Cowboys, and then they finally got Eric Flowers out of there. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, some opportunities here. Falcons got to find a way to win a game here. Uh, you know, need to stop feeling sorry for themselves with all the injuries and pull this thing together on defense. You know, there was some promising plays there. Certainly Tack coming alive. Duke Riley making a play. Poole playing more in this dime safety hybrid role. I'm not – I don't know about that. He um, the, These last two games haven't been his best games. Then Campbell taking over the signal call. And, you know, it's just going to have a whole new identity, a whole new feel to this defense. And uh, – Unfortunately for them, they got to find their way on the field uh, in games and uh, should get better here, but uh, it may take a while. In the meantime, put it on the offense to take care of things and get you those uh, big scoring wins. And uh, certainly has the potential to be another shootout here in Pittsburgh with the weapons that they have. And uh, we'll just certainly see how that goes. like to thank you all for coming by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast and subscribing. This is D. Orlando Letbetter here with the 79th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We appreciate it and thank you all for stopping by. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.